After a week break, we're back with an episode of Who Is. Uh, we couldn't be more excited about this week's guest, uh, former Almoral coach and current pro marathoner Colin Benny. Colin ran for Syracuse and is now part of the Reebok um, Boston Track Club that is based here in Charlottesville. And um, just last week, he finished third in the marathon project in Arizona, running a time of 209.39 for the marathon, um, which at the young age of 25, places him 14th on the all-time American list. Um, only two Americans have run faster at a younger age. Um, so to say the future is bright is an understatement for Colin. Um, and it couldn't be a more a nicer, more down-to-earth um, pro athlete than Colin. So um, we appreciate him spending time with us. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. We definitely enjoyed interviewing him. So um, like always, here's Jay Sean to take it away and hope you enjoy the episode. We're recording. We got a special guest. We're really, really amped for this. So um, we have Colin Benny with us. Um, a lot of you guys might remember Colin as one of our coaches two years ago um, in 2018 when he had just moved to town. Um, Coach Colin Benny. <laughs> as Rez loves to call. Him. Still, still we'll be watching, and Rez will still be like, "There's Coach Colin." <laughs> but um, um, Colin um, is from Massachusetts. Ran for Syracuse. Um, won a team national championship there. Um, what year was that? What year did he win that? 2015, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, was first team All-American three times, I think. Um, I have indoor and cross country twice. And then he was second team All-American three times too, I think. So he was a really good collegiate runner um, and joined the Reebok Pro Team, which started right when he graduated college, right? Um, so mm -hmm. moved down right after college um, with his college coach and a lot of his college teammates, Coach Fox and his assistant coach, Coach Smith. And um, over, and just continued to progress. And just this past last weekend i guess was it was a week ago yeah um yeah. oh yeah times we've been slow and break right now for us but um colin ran got third in the Amer um, marathon project i guess is the name in arizona ran 209.39 so that's 457 pace for 26.2 miles perspective um and then that's now number 14 all time on the u.s list and i love this stat these two guys are, they're tightly tied to each other and they're very entertaining racers, but he's um, the only Americans to run faster at a younger age are Albert Salazar, who everyone knows for a lot of reasons, but he was a really good marathoner back in the day. Did you know he won New York City when he was still in college? I read that the other day. Um, no, I, now I'm behind then. I got some work to do. Well, it took him a long time to get through college. He wasn't a good student. Yeah. He <laughs> Anyways, um, but he, he ran faster. Uh, that, he didn't run faster then, though. That time wasn't faster, but 24 years old in two months. Um, and then um, Dick Beardsley, who is famous um, for racing Albert Salazar in the 82 Boston Marathon, um, was a little bit younger than you and ran faster. So those are two pretty good names to be with. Um, I thought that was a kind of cool stat. But anyways, um, he got this was his second marathon ever. He got ninth at the um, Olympic trials um, this past February, which is like right before everything shut down, um, which I think we'll hear a little bit. But, but first, can you um, explain the race? Because it was kind of unique, right? This race happened because of the pandemic. And it wouldn't normally have happened because all the major marathons were canceled, right, Colin? So, like, I guess a lot of our kids are kind of clueless to the marathon. Our parents that are listening to this, so, like, maybe give a quick rundown of what made this special. 
Yeah. Your last marathon was the last grant meet we had legally because that day, the day after, is when we shut down. You know, all of our seasons. So that was states. Exactly. No. Yeah. We um we we think back to the fact that we even got in the uh, the marathon trials this March and how kind of lucky it was, sort of timing wise, that it just managed to squeak in before everything shut down. Um. Because yeah, you know, two pretty much two weeks after that, just everything ramped up and you know as you said schools were starting to shut down and nba shut down i think not too long after that and then races were just falling off the map one after uh, one after the other kind of thing um but yeah adrian as you were saying it was interesting obviously because all of the major marathons over the course of the year got canceled and obviously the the major marathons end up being more than just the professionals up front you know i think some of them have anywhere from 20 to 30,000 people running them. So they didn't, um, they didn't quite have a, a certain framework or a way to sort of implement a, an elite only race without having to, you know, without, or while still being able to bring in the money necessary to do that, put on the event without having 30,000 other people crowd the streets. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so the, organizers of the marathon project ben rosario who's in the coach of the naz elite team mm-hmm. out in staff and one of his agents um or agents for the group josh cox who was a olympic marathon maybe not olympic but he was he was a big time american marathon himself sort of put together this um this idea to to have a marathon that you know would just be designed to be as fast as possible but also be um be set up to allow you know for a smart and safe race and uh, originally i guess it was there was you know there were there were there was conversations that are going to be on some like nascar track or something like that out in um out in california but i guess that, that type thing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but that ended up um that ended up falling through sort of before it even really materialized into a into much of a plan and they found um they found a stretch of road down just sort of south of Phoenix that ended up being basically two, a little over two miles and it's sort of shaped like a horseshoe and you just loop and just kind of do make, turn it into four mile loops and uh, just ran a bunch of those. And, you know, it was, it was pancake flat. It was nothing. It was like running along the river in Charlottesville. That was really kind of all you had. Um, so it's kind of like the Ragged Mountain Marathon that you guys had, uh, yeah. you guys had earlier this this fall. Because we and I will say we were um, we ended up kind of uh, laughing about it because as we were thinking about that marathon that you guys put on, we were going, "That's crazy! Who's going to run just you know down two miles of like flat <laughs> ground, turn around, run back, and they have to do that thirteen times?" Then we start doing the math and realizing, you know, wait a minute. You did it. <laughs> I'm the crazy one. Yeah. So think about the one down at the river, though. Is like because my dad put that on, but there's a lot of U-turns you have to do. As in, yes. Well, I don't know how many. Thirteen of them, right? Which is a lot different than you weren't doing any U-turns. So I think, um, um, yeah, a little less crazy. But had you ever been out to Phoenix before? Like, uh, it's it's a different place for sure. It is. It is. It was. It was honestly. Um, it was it was really nice in terms of running wise this time of year just because you know wake up in the morning and it'd be thirty five to forty degrees and 
super still, no wind at all. And it was um, pretty much just perfect. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they clearly thought out, you know, everything beyond the, the course and in terms of sort of overall running conditions too, because couldn't have asked for sort of a better, a better day for um, day for feeling good while you're running. Yes, it worked out perfectly, right? The weather and everything. Yeah. Um, and it was, it wasn't all the best Americans, but it was a lot of the best Americans, right? Like I think it was right. a couple maybe, but like the majority of the best Americans were in this race because they hadn't had a chance to race, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think we pretty much, we ended up missing out on, I think the three guys who ended up qualifying for the okay. Olympics this, um, this past February which made made a certain amount of sense um and then maybe another another guy or two up there as well um but ultimately yeah you know it's essentially sort of right around 40 of the top 50 guys in the country um so it was, it was so, an awesome field so is it like limited right because i mean our kids can't race anything legally down here one of the reasons is because we our practices are even limited, right? I remember having meetings with Adrian and Tyler. We could only have so many kids. So 40, was that the number or something like that? Or I think, yeah, they, they limited it to 50, 50 men, 50 women, and then ultimately ended up being a little bit smaller field than that from people scratching. So I think we had, I think we had 40 on the men's side and, yeah. um, in the end. Two um, negative tests, right? You had to yes. Have- yes, two negative tests within the – within the week, um, week going in. And then once we got out there, we were sort of pretty limited to sticking around the, the meat hotel and then, um, had to get our temperature checked before getting on the bus in the morning to head over to the race. So they had a lot of, a lot of different protocols and, um, set up to make sure that it was, it was good. Cause like you said, there's a lot of, a lot of hoops to jump through to make sure everyone's healthy and safe. Were you were you nervous at all? I, I assume you were being safe in Charlottesville here, but were you nervous at all taking those tests, being like, "What if?" Somehow? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, no, it totally, yeah. We, you know, we we spent we we spent the you know the whole really the whole year standing on top of it, making sure we were you know doing everything we could to to not get sick. And you know, we there were at least a few discussions going. Could you imagine if like after all this time, like the last oh. ten days is when something happens, or even worse, you know even if you don't feel sick, you get, you know, yeah. you have a positive result come back and you don't even notice it. And then you still have to bail, but you feel like you could have gone anyway. And it's just, yeah, oh, we, so it was, it was good. There, there was definitely some nerves, um, some nerves because different anxiety. <laughs> and you all flew out there too, right? Yes. Yeah. There's that part of it. Yeah. Were there, were there any places in Charlottesville you were like avoiding? Cause you're like, that's a little too many people for me. I can't go there. I do not want to, I don't want to get this test wrong. Um, we were definitely just avoiding, I mean, we, we, we didn't go out to eat too much, you know, it was staying away from any of that and sort of indoor dining. Um, just exactly as you said, you know, it all takes, all it takes is one person, right. You know? And so you yeah. still just, um, being smart and doing all that. And, you know, the, the, I think that the, the taking the airplanes out and flying out, Tyler, what you were asking about, it was, that was, that was especially tough just cause you end up having to wear a mask for, you know, nine hours of travel in a row and you know you're trying to trying to stay hydrated as you're flying and traveling out there and it's still don't really want to take your mask off but um but yeah so it was a it is it, it all you know obviously it was all worth it in the end and we wouldn't have uh we're, we're happy about doing uh doing what we did to make sure we could actually get the race under our belt so well, as you just kind of said you're happy so can you give us some post reactions um how you feel 
right after, maybe a week after, and what what do you feel moving forward too? Um, yeah, obviously thrilled. Um, it, well, it was. Um, there definitely there probably been some moments of kind of going, oh man, sort of sort of sort of sort of what ifs, just because you know I spent um, Marty Marty was in Charlottesville for about a month um, leading into Thanksgiving. His his med school rotations lined up just so that he could. Um, he had some online learning and was able to, to come down to train with us down here. Um, and, you know, we were working out right together the whole time. And so the fact that, you know, he went out and ran 208.59, part of me was like, oh man, like, I don't know. I don't know how he just absolutely put the screws to me on uh, in, in the race when I felt like I was right there with him for the better part of uh, all the training. But, you know, sometimes it does just, people just have a little bit, different days out there um well it sounds like it was kind of by accident i heard an interview with him and he said like he just wanted to make sure after the pacers went out that the pace kept rolling mm-hmm. and he like, yeah. i guess and the adrenaline was going a little too much and he dropped to 450 and all of a sudden yeah. no one was there and he's like well i gotta do this now like this wasn't the plan but um so I, i'm guessing you probably weren't expecting that for him to make that move then. no no not at all um i i honestly there was definitely moments where i was kind of i was nervous when he went because the last you know the last last six six miles of a marathon are just a whole different beast and you know it's it's um it's the kind of thing where you can feel awesome six miles to go you can feel awesome with four miles to go three miles to go and then you get to the last you know five ten minutes of the race last mile or two and it's just like someone shut off your ability to move your legs and um and so when Marty started moving with, you know, four, four and a half miles to go, part of me was thinking, oh boy, like this is, he's going, he's going a little bit too early. Like you should, you should have waited, you know, you should have waited another five, 10 minutes kind of thing. And then uh, seeing how he was feeling, just keeping the same pace. Yeah. And then he just kept going. Um, and, you know, it was, it ended up sort of, I mean, it worked, it worked out for me too, because, you know, there were a few moments with um, right when Marty took off. Uh, the coaches coach fox and coach smith were right sort of right in that area and so they were like so they were pretty much just right in my ear just yelling basically saying like do not let him go like you know you gotta you gotta be a little bit tougher than that and i was like all right i guess we we were gonna go for this too if marty's going for it i'm going for it and um and you know i there's so many different scenarios obviously you know maybe if i maybe if i'd held back a little bit i would have felt better towards the end and maybe i would have run slower for the you know few miles before the wheels really started falling off but um but no ultimately super thrilled I mean you know it was um we were we were going in there with sort of pretty pretty high hopes that we could um we could both run sub 210 obviously Marty surpassed that by a lot um and really just kind of blew that away which was amazing um we we were joking, but kind of serious, saying we wanted to go one-two, and mm-hmm. I dropped the ball on that, and we ended up going one-three. So it's kind of um, that was a little bit. Uh, that was a little yeah, bit yeah, come on, man. I want to. I want to applaud you though, Coach Colin. If if I can still call you Coach Colin for just this pod, um, because you held off fourth place, and it looked like you had pushed some distance, and then we didn't see. We didn't get to see. I remember with Adrian and Chris, we were like, what happened? It race. I was so pissed. So I was checking the and, online results. I but you, held, you, you, how do you still finish a race when you know people are coming up and you got a whole, you got the country's best and you still claim that podium? Well, how do you do it? 
That was, um, that was just, yeah, I don't know. It was, that was definitely a, a, a mental battle for sure. It was, um, it was basically just make sure my legs don't stop moving. Cause at that point, every fiber of my body wanted my legs to stop and wanted me to crawl off that course. It was, uh, that was that, that, you know, Marty, Marty was saying the same thing. I know the guy who was, uh, Noah Drotti who finished second was, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it afterwards and saying, um, that that last 400 meters that has never felt longer in our lives and um and sort of knowing you know i could hear i could, I could pretty much hear the footsteps and i could hear all the fans hollering for the people behind me and so you know who's behind you too i kind of had an idea because i kind of remember when we had done the last sort of turnaround yeah. with about 2k to go you know i kind of seen seen the line of guys behind me um you're like the favorite of the race i yeah, think was right behind you right? contacts the guy that was behind colin he got got fourth i think right is was scott fobble right and yeah. um his american he's the number one guy in the naz elite so like he was getting a lot of hype before and there's an, even an interview where um, you might be friends with scott i'm sorry if i'm building up a little competitiveness here but there's an even interview he said he like he everyone that beat him at the trials he had a list of that like on his mirror that he looked at every day which means you were on that list. I don't know if you saw that, but I was like, I don't know why he's talking about that right before the race because that's going to fire some people up. But yeah, I had not, I had not seen or heard that yet. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. He's he's a competitive guy. I know he like he, he likes to. Uh, he's, I mean, he's he's always just raced unbelievably well and clearly, uh, clearly takes some pride in being one of the one of the top guys and likes. I think he 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 seems to really thrive with that sort of um, sort of chip on his shoulder approach to to running and so i think i think having that list up there probably gave him a little bit of um motivation probably telling himself and ultimately trying to tell other people that those guys in front of him at trials didn't actually really um really belong in front of him so you and marty just lived up to it though um, yeah we had to, I, uh, we, had, we had to defend ourselves so uh, I know Adrian sent out a list of some great questions. I wanted to ask just like what has you kind of go in with your action here? Just like this is pretty amazing. Like, I mean, we can't – everyone, what, he, what Coach Colin did is amazing. So you, you know, you finish, you see some do with long hair, throw up, whatever, get him out of the way. You just did an odd – like one of America's best runs for the marathon ever. So, like, I mean, how do you feel 24 hours later? Now we're a week later. You're going to come back to Charlottesville. We're going to have a ticker tape parade for you, at least Admiral. Like, what, like, but, like, in your mind, how do you, how do you just, like, okay, balance that? And then, obviously, you're still young, just like all of us, you're running. How do you kind of balance that to take those next steps? And then we'll get back to these awesome questions. Sorry, Adrian. I just that's really perfect. had that. I mean, that's in this yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, no, that it, definitely a great question. Um, I, I think – more than anything it really was um just it gives me a lot of confidence uh going forward in in sort of sort of in in myself and ability to to race and compete with all these guys who um you know have some even better accolades than me in a lot of places and um also you know just a ridiculous amount of confidence in coach fox's training because you know, here we are, this is the sort of second, the second marathon I've had. And, you know, I, I thought the first one went great and didn't think I could really do too much better than that at times. And here we are and kind of realizing that there was a lot of um, pretty, pretty remarkable amount of improvement just over the last 10 months, even. Um, so yeah, so a lot of, a lot of 
a lot of confidence building going forward. And um, I mean, I think, I think for me, you know, it sort of as, as thrilled as I was and still am with, um, with how the race went. And, you know, I, I it, it's having, having the, those moments of really kind of accomplishing sort of what you set out for going sub 210 and being on the podium um, feels great. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I start thinking about the two guys in front of me, you know, and then I start thinking about Noah and I start thinking about Marty and thinking about all the workouts Marty and I were doing together. And the fact that, you know, we essentially did the exact same, um, exact same thing to prepare for the race and it, uh, it went better for him. And so, yeah, so I think, I think that's sort of where, um, sort of going forward, um, where I'm at right now is just trying to figure out how to, um, how to, how to catch up a little bit more. And, you know, Marty had been, I've been trying to trying to catch up with Marty and run with him for almost seven years now. So it's um, it's it's nothing new, but it's just uh, reignited that sort of that passion and that drive a little bit. From what I hear, you crush him in workouts. You uh, he's he's chasing you. That's what I've heard the last couple of days on some podcasts. But um, you're gonna catch him. I know you will, Coach Collins. It's, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, all of a sudden I'm thinking, man, if I could beat him in a workout, why can't I beat him in a race? And so I just gotta figure. I gotta figure something out. <laughs> You just gotta you gotta make that move with him right next time i guess or exactly um exactly but that comes with running marathons and confidence right like you said like um being your second one i think that's a lot of unknowns right with four and a half miles to go whenever it was when you made that move so um i don't know can you uh you talked about this a little bit but can you give us kind of like a general overview of that that training that you guys did and the cycle and um how you guys prepared for that marathon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, you know, once was, we weren't really sure we were leaning towards doing more 10 K stuff on the track after the marathon, uh, in February, just cause at that point, you know, for whatever, 10 days, we were thinking that the Olympic trials were still going to happen. And I don't, I don't even know if they ended up canceling it until sort of even further into April when everything really started shutting down. So there's a little bit of, um, we were originally going to kind of shift our focus a little bit on training and then really spent just the better part of all summer up until really September, just doing pretty consistent um, sort of mid to high mileage weeks for, for what, um, what I'm used to, which ended up being kind of, you know, 90 to 95 miles for, you know, pretty much all of, um, all of June, July, and August, and then took a little bit of a, a little bit of a break. Didn't fully stop running, but, you know, just kind of regrouped, um, last week of August, which ended up working out perfect because for, I think first week of September was really what we heard about the marathon, uh, marathon project actually getting set up and being organized. So then, you know, we had kind of thinking we had, a you know, we had a good three months of, um, of good running and, sort of from there pretty much I raced the I raced a half marathon at the end of October up in Michigan um and up until up until that we were sort of we were just starting to dip our toes back into sort of marathon-ish training so you know I was at that point I was kind of bumping it up closer to to 100 mile weeks and you know some of the workouts just got a little bit longer um a little more sort of um like pace specific pace specific um 
sort of closer to, you know, four, four fifty-five, five minute pace for a lot of stuff. Um, and the half marathon was an awesome, um, it was, it was a good, it was a good reminder because at that point, you know, I hadn't raced in eight months and sometimes you just Crazy. kind of forget what it's like to sort of feel what it's like to, to have that sort of competitive, um, competitive drive and really want to beat someone versus just beat someone in a race. How did you do in that again? Um, I remember, but I can't, was it like I, top 10? I think, yeah, I think I was sixth or seventh. Um, so it was, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good day and I ended up PRing, which was, which was good. Um, I was happy with that. Um, but, you know, lost a lot of guys who probably looking back, I would have preferred beating. Um, and, um, and then once, um, so once we got back from that, from that race, so first week in November also lined up perfect with Marty being down. And then we just really kind of, you know, uh, stepped it up a notch and ended up doing, um, then we got up to like 110 mile weeks for nice. pretty much the duration of the next sort of eight weeks until maybe like two weeks out from the two weeks out from the race. So we had, you know, good, um, six or seven weeks of 110 mile weeks. And that's really when, um, definitely started doing a lot more long tempos. So everything, you know, started being like seven or eight miles at, at race pace. Um, long runs just start getting a little bit longer, you know, start going pretty much 20 miles every single, um, every single Saturday morning, almost always at Dick Woods. Nice. Um, so kept it. It was how, in, how it, far do you go out? You go out seven and you're at the end basically. Right. So what is it? Seven and a half. Yeah. So we usually will go to the end, turn around. And then depending on what we do, sometimes we've done, a few times we've done kind of like a figure eight loop where we'll go to the end of Dick Woods, you know, turn right on uh, with 151. Yeah. Um, come back 250 and then take plank. Okay. To Batesville and then go Miller School Road. Oh, wow. Back to the bottom. And so that ends up being, I think that ends up being around, it doesn't, it doesn't add a ton of distance. It ends up being maybe like 16 or 17 miles. Um, add some hills though right i assume plank is totally oh, yeah. coming from 250 <laughs> some, yeah that's some very good hills there's some there's a couple there's a couple coming back miller school road too that yeah. are just like those some last little kickers um and so we ended up actually doing quite a quite a bit of um sort of hilly long runs to just get a lot of strength um even though you know the race is gonna be flat it was um it coach fox loves uh he loves his strength and it it pays uh it pays dividends to to really kind of put work in on um on stuff that's gonna be even harder than what you're racing on but then we spent a lot of time doing stuff closer closer to or faster than race pace out at sugar hollow which was a really good simulation of just how flat the race was gonna be um i remember one morning after your you did a 10 mile run at like four i don't know it was like 47 minutes or something like that 48 minutes mm -hmm. and um Rez was super pumped so like he saw on strava and texted it to the group um so then i followed up with fox and was checking in on how you're doing and he was he was amped up about you guys at that point but yeah um, that was a, that, that was a really good day um that was that was definitely um we had we had a good we had a good crew there because that was um you know the sort of our our marathon stuff doesn't tend to overlap too much with um some of what the 10k guys you know 10k 5k guys like justin and ben do on a on a day-to-day -day basis um at least for the hard stuff but this this fall was actually really nice because 
being sort of in a base training phase, Coach Fox is willing to give Justin a little bit more of the longer sort of marathon pace stuff. Um, so, he, you know, he do, he do maybe 75, 80% of what we were doing on these days um, when we were doing long tempos. Um, but so it was good to have company there. And then uh, Ben Flanagan, actually, he raced the half marathon the first week of December as well. So he, he got on, he got on the, the marathon training. Yeah. Um, he won that. Right? He did. Yep. And I remember seeing somewhere he said like best long run of my life after it. Cause he was a pace group for the two. Was it the two eleven group? I don't know. group. Yeah. Yes. And he went a pretty long ways with them. So it ended up being like five minute pace for a very long time. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he was pumped. He thought that was, he thought it was really neat. I think it, um, think it might might fuel his his transition at some point in the next you know three or four years kind of thing so he'll he'll get up there eventually he's got a good shot to make the team right um in the in yeah. the 10k um and for canada yes yeah i'd say he's he, he's um he's he if he's not if he's not one of the favorites he's undoubtedly among the favorites yeah. how cool would that be you have a couple of reebok guys running running in tokyo some from usa some from canada that would be so cool yeah. that would be really awesome i'm sure you thought about that maybe um, of, um i was gonna ask this um about like what's next are you running the 10k do you think i guess that's maybe we haven't made that decision yet but like is that something you're gonna try to do um i, I as of now you know it's it is a very very attractive um attractive idea and attractive and um like as i was saying you know we were thinking about doing it last year or you know earlier this year um coming off the olympic trials for the marathon it just seems like it's gonna be a you know get a lot of strength from marathon training 10k is a 10k is a lot shorter than a marathon so hopefully be able to run a little bit faster um but and, you know if, i think if things line up well and there, there seem to be some pretty good race opportunities to get a qualifying time in uh, well let me tell you if you can organize a race in charlottesville you get the best announcers on the east coast we will lap for lap word for word get you through to whatever 2820 is at the olympic standard i don't know something like that right i think, I think it's 28 i think 28 minutes is the is the u.s trial yeah. standard and the olympic standard is like 27 20 or 27 30 i think so yeah. We got some. We got some work to do. But I, you know what? At this point, I don't even think I'm going to need competition. I think as long as you got you guys on the PA, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and your teammates, right? I mean, you guys could have a good 10k time trial on the track with Justin, oh, yeah. you, Marty, um, and Ben, yeah. right? Absolutely, um, yeah. I know who's got the keys to the track, and his name is Coach Lorenzoni. That's what we yeah, like. Mar- I'm sure you guys would love to do that, Almar. Mar- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think you, you, you've also talked about this a little bit, um, Sugar Hollow and Dick Woods, but are there any other places you'd like to run? Uh, did you guys get to go out to Panorama at all? We we really haven't, but um, um, maybe do you guys did or somewhere yeah, else? Top three favorite places to run. I want to hear it. Top three favorite besides, places. Besides Sugar Hollow and Dick Woods. No, I want, you, I want, I want, I want, top three. Oh, if you want to talk about them for a second, but then give us some more. Yeah. Because um, they might not be there I'm, I'm, I would definitely put Dick Woods up there. Um, you know, we just we just end up out there every week, and it's just it just um, it's one of those places where I feel like I've run enough times. It just feels like muscle memory. Oh, and cool! It, it's just really it's really nice to have that sort of uh, familiarity with the with the venue. And um, and as I said, you know, it's 
the I feel like the, the the benefits to be gained from the sort of elevation change you get over the course of that are pretty phenomenal. Um, so Dick was definitely up there. It's kind of no particular order. Okay. Um, I've always been a big fan of Keen. Mm. Um, Sorry about that. that. Sorry, I couldn't pull some. Um, um, was the strings to get that unpaved? No, that's all right. That yeah. is all right. I know. Did they end up? Did they end up paving the? Uh, we haven't been out there in a little while. I haven't heard. I should ask. A couple of my alumni were out there running recently. I should ask if it was paved. Yeah, um, that. But even even paved, I feel like it's gonna be a pretty nice. Um, yeah. Pretty nice spot. Um, unpaved, it was definitely it was definitely up there as being one of the one of the best. We were we were, it was just a sort of a regular workout spot for us, and um, we just got a lot of a lot of really good work in there. And it's the the loop is really nice to make it not feel quite so um yeah, and it's always changing too, right? Like yeah, it's never feels like the same. Like Dick Woods is great, but it feels pretty much the same for most of it, I think. But exactly, exactly. Um, and then um I uh, yeah, I'm a bit I definitely love Sugar Hollow. And I think it's just it's one of those sort of um sort of rose-colored glasses type thing just from having a lot of really good workouts out there you know that 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 10 miler that you're you were mentioning um we did a 10 mile tempo each of the last marathon build-ups um maybe four weeks before the race sort of at something like that you know five ten seconds faster than race pace um and it was just like, a, it's just a super confidence builder. Cause it always, always feel good. You know, we put on, we put on our fancy racing shoes. Um, so that always makes you feel a little bit better too. And, uh, and you got then, the Adidas ones now, right? Cause they're mm-hmm. they on Reebok, right? So they're one more. Well, you, you guys actually have prototypes. I've heard, are you running in prototypes out there in practice? I, I have run. Yeah. I've, I've tried on a few of the, um, the Reeboks in the, in the process of making oh, cool. Some- some of their own uh carbon plate shoes and so they're 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 close they've got um they're i think their next um their next version that they make is going to be sort of their like they're they feel like they've kind of perfected it at this point and so we're we're looking like we're finally going to have a um a really really quality competitor they got the best marathon group in the country right now right i mean marty's number seven you're number 14 and Paige was the youngest fastest marathon of like all time like american marathon of all time right like i think so yeah i think uh, i think under 25 yeah. fastest woman yeah and it was her debut right so mm-hmm. um, i don't know they, they better can you uh, good for you guys <laughs> can you uh pull some strings for albemarle or how how's that work <laughs> maybe you can name it maybe you can name it after us or something yeah. I, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool yeah <laughs> um fun fact about sugar hollow it used to be gravel up until like i th- I don't know when it changed, but like you talk to some of the old cross country coaches in the area and stuff like that. And it was like the best place because it was gravel. That would be, that would be great. You could do some, you could do some good work out there if that was gravel. I mean, you do great work out there with it being paved, but yeah, that, that. if you, if you want to go for a hilly exploration, just take a right on sugar Ridge. Okay. And then get up and then take a left on Breakheart, and it goes all the way to free union and you go over a couple mountains and you're like, I don't know, it's ridiculous, but um. we, we did, we started at Clark mountain or Clark road. Okay. And we ran to the end of Clark, turned yep. right and then turned left on Breakheart. Yeah. And then turned right. And I'm not going to be able to, I can't remember the name of it now. 
It's Breakheart, um, and then and then it becomes Slamgate. But, Slamgate, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Slamgate, great name. Breakheart and Slamgate. Yeah, and they're, it's, and they're and they're the roads in town too, probably. Yes, and then we hit Fox Mountain going yep. that way too, and that yeah. was we did, we, did for, we did that for a long run one day, and it ended up it was probably seventeen of the harder hilliest miles that I've yeah. had to run at any point. So that side of that side of Fox Mountain is much steeper steeper than the other side too. So it's, Oh yeah, that just—it's oh. brutal. Kept like kind of you know, it sort of it winds its way up, and every time you sort of hit a turn, you're going, "All right, like I mean, around this turn, it's got to be done, right?" And you kind of come around that one, and you're like, "Oh god." Yeah, we did a hill challenge this summer with the boys, and so I was being competitive in it, and so like that, I was doing all my runs out there because I'm living out in the western part of the county now. Oh, yeah. and so I park at Via Road, which is in between Breakheart and Slamgate, and just go like either direction. That's um, perfect. Yeah. Well, cool. Um. Couple questions, when, real quick. When are you gonna put your When are you gonna put your on on Strava? Come on now, I've been waiting to like it, write a comment. <laughs> I didn't wear my watch. Didn't even wear the watch in the race. Figured um. You didn't. No, I figured I figured there was gonna be enough. Um, I had enough confidence in the Pacers, and uh, there was gonna be enough. Um, enough uh, sort of clocks at the five k, all the five k marks that I was like, eh, eh, I'll be all right without it. That's awesome. I know I don't get a key, and now I don't get the, the Strava Strava kudos, but that's all right. <laughs> I think if I could guess your personality, I think you're okay with that. <laughs> um, that kind of like real quick question, uh, building off that. Like I always hear the hear the key to the marathon is like going to sleep for as long as possible, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And it seemed like you were really, really good at that. Like Rez mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like before we were recording, but like he kept being like is Colin gone? Where's Colin? And I'm like, no, he's back there. Like, just wait. And you have to wait a couple, like a minute. And then you come out from behind, but you were just biding your time in the back of the pack. And the fact that you didn't have a watch means you were just completely just chilling probably just like, like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, you're, you're totally right. I mean, I, I kept telling myself as often as possible. Sometimes, you know, you kind of do start creeping up and thinking, Oh man, like I should probably think about getting towards the front. Um, but I, um, I spent, you know, the first pretty much, 20 miles that race even up until marty moved at 22 just sort of thinking like just don't don't do a thing for 20 miles like there's just no um there's no no use in that um really really wasn't gonna help anybody couldn't worry too much and you know some of the the thing um there were there were a few moments where i found myself just thinking too much about it because you come off those turns and even though they weren't the u-turns um everyone just kind of strung out enough and you would have to slow down going into the the turns around the the rotaries that coming off it you'd always end up or you know if I was at the back I'd end up like a few steps back and um I think maybe the first or second time I caught myself kind of just you know like putting in like a little too much extra effort to like try to catch back up to the group immediately and I just realized how pointless that was because if I waited you know and just slowly caught back up over the next half mile it was no different and i was always ended up in the same place um so yeah so i did i was um i was, I was definitely very very aware of trying to think as little as possible about the uh the first two hours of the race pretty much which saves not it just saves a lot of emotional energy right and absolutely yeah yeah that's I don't know, I, I, that's why i think the marathon's so interesting um that it's well, first of all fueling wise right and energy wise it's so different than other race but like it truly tests that ability of just staying in the moment too and not thinking about 
how you're gonna feel six miles down the road potentially, right? Definitely, yeah. Because yeah, especially at the end, who knows how you're gonna feel in half a mile? Yeah, That's not even worth it. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, I want to kind of talk about the Reebok group real quick because I'm, I'm I'm trying to build you guys up to the guys because they love to like love Tim Man and stuff like that, but I don't think they quite realize how good you guys are and how cool you guys are. Um, and I think a lot of that goes under the radar. But what makes the group so special? It's kind of a build off the Syracuse team in some ways, but if you talk about the coaches and then the group unity and stuff like that um, a little bit. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, you know, coach Fox obviously has, he was an incredibly talented runner um, when he ran, he ran, he ran for Auburn. He actually really ran for UVA for one semester yeah. and then left yeah. and went to, went to Auburn. Um, and, you know, he was really good all through college, really good professional. Um, he was, you know, right there in terms of uh, potentially qualifying for the Olympics for, I think at least maybe at least two cycles of um, competition. He had, he also has an outstanding um, sort of partner in helping him with some marathon training, especially because his wife won the Chicago marathon twice. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Her name was Christy Johnson when she ran uh when she ran professionally and uh, she was two time Chicago winner. Um, she was, she was very close to slash really should have um, qualified for the 2000 Olympics in the marathon. Um, and it was just, just some, some weird sort of bureaucratic qualification thing with uh, they only took one runner that year instead of taking people who had standards. So it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty tough, tough situation, but you know, she was, she was second, second of the trials that year. And it was one of the only two or three people who had um, run, run the, the standard at that point. Um, that, that, said, I, you know, I can imagine that being incredibly frustrating because it doesn't seem to make any sense. Um. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was something, it was something strange with, um, I don't know if it was USATF or, sort of the, the race organizers who sort of changed the um changed what their plan was sort of after the race to in terms of who they were going to allow to uh to to go compete for the u.s at the olympics that year um but so yeah coach fox has on unreal experience himself and um a bunch of good people he can talk to and you know i think that um he just has a, a really good sort of approach to to running and it's very laid back and allows us to really kind of take take charge of a lot of our own um our own you know sort of our own personal aspects of running whether you know it comes down to some of the some of the outside um outside training we do if we need some extra you know weight training uh anything anything along those lines and you know, making sure that we're healthy and going to get treatment if anything's hurt or injured. So it's, um, he's, he's always, he's, he's always sort of demanded that his athletes are responsible and really, you know, have the right mindset and approach to, you know, they, they, they want, we all want to be good and, you know, we all want to be great. And, um, you know, understand that it's as much our responsibility to get there as it is his responsibility to, to give us the training that we need to, to be, to be competitive runners. Um, and coach Smith is just a, a perfect right-hand man for him too. You know, he loves, uh, he loves, he loves every bit of, um, 
of being around us and helping out with workouts and, you know, making sure that we all have what we need to, to be able to run well. Um, and, you know, being able to lend an ear if any of us have any issues that we, uh, need to talk about running or, or life-wise. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, the team, it, honestly, the team, the coaches just did an amazing job sort of, um, recruiting the, the men and women on the, in the group um to just sort of reflect their approach to running you know everybody really does just want to be successful and like really you know takes 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 the necessary steps to to get there on their own um and you know if something's not going right or something you know they, they feel like something's a little bit off they're we're all always kind of working to figure out what exactly that is what we can do better um whether it's in training, in life, um, you know, really whatever it could possibly be. And I, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think we all, you know, with the exception of, I mean, I know Justin, um, Justin obviously had an unbelievable amount of success in college, you know, qualified for worlds while he was still, um, you know, going to his junior year, I think. And Ben won NCAAs his last year, but even still, I think, um, I, I think, you know, I think we all understood or understand really what it took to, to get to where we are now and where we were when we had that level of, of success. You know, Justin, Justin's one of the hardest working guys I know, you know, he's, he's constantly for, um, you know, ways to, ways to get better. Um, and, you know, while his, while his, like, his baseline is already, is higher than your average person, obviously comes in with an unreal amount of talent he's he doesn't you know he didn't settle for that you know he's had he had a few few tough races when he kind of got his um kind of got his eyes opened in terms of how good the best guys in the world are and realized that you know can't really skate by and just um the the sort of you know even average amount of work um and uh i think he's gonna be i think he's gonna be scary good this coming year once you get back to the track so he's, he seems to be in a really good spot well he was coming off a really good indoor season which was exciting because mm -hmm. the first indoor season was like kind of a wake up call for him, I think, as a pro. Um, exactly. Came back and had a good outdoor season, but this past indoor season, it's like he was on fire, it seemed like. And then it sounds like he's been training with you guys aerobically, which is, I think, the right thing to take him to that next level, right? Which is exciting. Absolutely. And when I, you know, when I was saying he was training with us, that was a that was that was fairly generous to Marty and I because you know he would, <laughs> he would he would he would train with us for the first half and then he'd go just blow the doors off us for the next you know three four miles whatever and then we'd have to stride, right? after, you know he'd finish and we'd go all right see you justin but we'd you know, have to catch up to him and then keep going kind of thing so yeah, yeah that's you gotta, you gotta be um focused on your own tasks to be able to handle that right like exactly. <laughs> um, yeah i'm excited i'm excited um, i've been a fan of him since like seeing him do well in acc's freshman year right but um yeah do you guys do you guys hang out a lot in town, probably at each other's houses or um I mean if it was non pandemic, would you like to go to like the downtown mall and stuff and hang out or what do you guys what do you guys do in non -rest? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We um as you said, you know, it was obviously a, there's a lot more um a lot more hanging out and sort of mingling and going out places when we had the the freedom to do so. One of one of the guys on the team, Alex Rogers, actually works at Random Row. Oh, nice. So we'll um 
we meet up there every once in a while for drinks. Um, but there's actually, honestly, just about everybody on the team, it feels, uh, fell into the trap of getting the quarantine puppy. So, uh, so there's been the, the uh, most, uh, most folks end up kind of meeting up down at the, um, down at the dog park pretty oh, regularly nice. or, uh, to let their, let their dogs run around and get them all tired out. Um, I did not fall into the trap of the quarantine yes. puppy. I live with, I live with Rob Demanic and he got, He's a, got puppy, a cute dog. So, yeah, oh, his dog. I've seen it. At, he walks at Almar sometimes or runs at Almar sometimes. I've yeah. Seen it. yeah, yeah. Rusty, I swear, Rusty. Honestly, I think Rusty runs pretty close to like sixty miles a week at times. He <laughs> he he can go. He is he's an athletic dog. Um, is Rob healthy? Is he coming back? He's coming back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be exciting to see what he does. Um, these next few months too. Good. That's good to hear. Um. Well, cool. I think that's about all we've had. I'm trying to think, I guess something real quick and um, this is kind of intense question, but you've kind of reached a huge, a high level of success in the sport. I mean, like we said, where you ranking um, young marathoners in American history and just all marathoners in American history. Was this ever on your radar when you were in high school? Like, like this is a natural progression or did you have big goals when you were young? Like, um, I, I think I definitely had, I, that is, it's a great question. Um, I think the goals have just sort of evolved as I've gone, you know, I think, um, you know, I think thinking back to when I was in high school, obviously the, the, just really the prospect of running in college was pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, you know, seeing marathons and seeing elite marathoners was amazing, but I think there were definitely times where I found myself going, Oh my God, that looks it's a lot of running and how could you ever run that long that fast that does that does not make any sense um and sort of sense you know once i as soon as i got to college and kind of realized sort of the success and what all the the guys who were up front you know like marty and you know him winning conference championships and sort of like the allure of that all of a sudden then kind of woke me up to the fact that it was like, Ooh, okay. Like that, that, that can be pretty good. Like, I think I got to get a little bit better if I want to do that. And then, you know, things started going well in college and, um, you know, though at that point, even the, the world of professional running still seemed like a little bit of, um, a tough goal to attain, you know, just, just another step up, um, from even where I ever thought I was at in college. And then, you know, had, uh, had just enough, um, just enough success and sort of so they uh honestly it was just the the relationship with coach fox was helpful too because you know there have been plenty of times where his 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 sort of confidence in what i could do surpassed even where where i thought i was at um which is always which is always really nice to have um have someone telling you oh trust me like you can do that while i'm thinking i cannot imagine there's any like any chance that i'm going to be able to do that um and so i think i think coach fox had pretty big goals for me um when he joined the team you mean yeah joining the team even sort of last few years of college i think yeah i think he had eyes on on um going past just graduation and um and you know we 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 stepped when we when we left syracuse you know that the focus pretty much immediately shifted towards getting ready for 
trials or uh, marathon trials in February. Um, and I still think, you know, we did kind of surpassed our expectations for what, um, what was really sort of even best case scenario down there. I mean, obviously absolute best case scenario would be, I'd be going to Tokyo, but that was, you know, it always seemed like it was a little bit of a, a little bit more of a stretch than even, um, even could be considered, uh, uh, an absolute, uh, possibility. Um, but I think, you know, as I said, it was just, I, I definitely think I always had, always had goals, but I, I, you know, big goals, but I think it was mostly important to, for me anyway, I liked, I liked the sort of more immediate, um, you know, the, the, the possibility to kind of, kind of achieve them fairly soon and with a you know certain amount of work like having having that you know crazy you know reach for the stars type goal is really good and I think it can you know kind of really drive a, a certain amount of passion and really keep you keep you invested because you know it just shows how much you love and really how far you're willing to go in the sport of running you know if I if I, if I could run the next two Olympics, I'd do it in a heartbeat kind of thing. You know, it would be no, no question about that. Um, and, and I think it's, it's good to have that sort of, um, that sort of long-term mentality and really have, have part of you that's constantly dreaming, dreaming. But then I also think it's important to sort of set these more attainable goals and really kind of be able to just build off those and, you know, have that, have that sort of real pipe dream, the one that's way up top, be something that you feel like you can just climb the steps to actually get up there without having to feel like you're still just reaching crazy far. Yeah, I think that's a good um, tip and good word of advice. I don't know, I think, because um, that can relate to anyone in this sport or anything in life, right? but especially with our kids that are listening to this. Like, like um, I think you're a good um, role model because for eight months there, uh, I kept hearing that you were fit from at any Reebok person I saw, or if I talked to Fox, but like, um, oh, cause I think a lot of people on the team took downtime or weren't as into it, but it seemed like you were always steady Eddie through it all, um, through the quarantine and through all the COVID stuff. So it's cool to see. That yeah. Was, yeah. No, I was, um, they were, there were definitely moments of, um, of, of, yeah, kind of, kind of, questioning a little bit like oh, man why are we, why are we doing this if you know we're just we don't actually have anything on the schedule but um no yeah it's just I, I think um it's just yeah it was it was it was something I wanted to do and it just felt uh it felt like it was going to be a lot more worth it and would pay off way way more to just be ready for anything when it finally did pop up instead of feeling like oh you know like I'm, I'm saving, I'm saving myself mentally from a little bit of work over the summer where there's nothing on the horizon just to, um, just, you know, make my life a little bit easier, but then potentially not be quite so ready. Um, quite so ready, you know, if something comes up in two months, the way it feels like a lot of things are nowadays. Yeah, do you, uh, do you have any quick advice for kids who are shooting to run in, uh, college or even, professionally after that what what advice would you give them if they're trying to take that next step um definitely well for college you know I think the first thing is um is don't you know make sure you make sure you reach out places you know don't um 
I guess that actually just applies to everything, you know, be, be proactive, you know, you got to take a sort of take, take your goals and your, what you're, what you're looking to, to get done into your own hands and, you know, reach out to coaches, reach out to whoever to try to help out, um, help you, you know, find a place where you can run after high school. Um, I'm sure you guys have to, you guys, you guys have some great, great resources and all the coaches. And so, you know, I'll, all you guys, I'm sure, know, uh, would, would not hesitate a second to reach out to college coaches on behalf of the athletes. So that's super helpful. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's, I, I think too, it's, especially once you get out of high school, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a long game for sure. It's not the kind of thing that you should really expect any amount of, you know, immediate like massive leaps in sort of fitness. And, you know, I think I, this summer, I think that was something that, you know, worked for me was just the fact that, you know, I spent eight, nine months really just kind of constantly grinding. And then, you know, that was sort of what made the, that's what made the, the sort of big jump in PR for the marathon happen. Obviously an easier course was, was helpful, but you know, in terms of competing with other, other athletes on the course, um, it does just, it, it comes from a lot of work comes from a lot of um just continuous work you know it's not um i think i think you got to find the um you got to find the silver linings in a lot of what you do and uh and really just understand that if you keep at it that's what's really gonna pay off in the end it's not um it's not the kind of thing where you you know it's not it's not a lottery ticket you don't you don't buy one scratch it and immediately win um it's uh it's it's a lot a lot slower than that but like that stick to it and keep going trust yourself trust your coaches that's honestly my biggest thing you know i've had been with coach fox for seven years now and who knows what um what i'd be doing if i wasn't uh paying attention to what he was telling me he's a pretty easy guy to listen to but yeah i think that's why this sport is so rewarding right is because it is that long um delayed um satisfaction that kind of comes with the hard work right um And that's what makes it so addicting too, but it's tough, but I think this is a time to test that. Right. And um, I always say it's so translatable to everything else in life too. Right. Cause um, that's not how life works either. You don't have that immediate satisfaction. So um, exactly. sadly, most of our kids won't be living the life of Colin Benny, but hopefully they can learn a lot from their high school. Yeah. You'd be, yeah, you'd be surprised. I get, there's gotta be at least a few out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. We're, we're pumped to keep following you. Um, I'm excited for your 10Ks this spring and summer, and then um, hopefully some big marathon majors, right? I want to see you throw down. Um, I heard I maybe, so. maybe Chicago. Is that potentially on the radar? Yeah, um, I, I think, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on any of them at this point. I think yeah. uh, I think now that we have a nice, um, now that we got a nice shiny PR or a set of PRs between me and Marty under our belt from a, a nice flat, fast course, we'll, uh, we'll happily go anywhere, um, anywhere that'll take us. You consider yourself um, like Boston hometown? Is like Boston hometown marathon for you? How close are you guys to Boston? I don't know. Where yeah, only I'm, I'm I'm just about an hour outside. So yeah. yeah, that's the that's the closest one for sure. You should totally do Dubai though, because then you could get like a Ferrari or something. You know, <laughs> awesome. Ferrari I might come home with like a pet cheetah or something like that too. You never know. There's not many Ferraris in Charlottesville either, so they would know you. Yeah. <laughs>
it's basically the marathon project for the like East Africans, right? Isn't that Dubai? Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot better prize money out there. That's for sure. <laughs> that cool car with the clock and everything too. I don't know. But yeah, no. Cool. Well, this is great. Thanks for spending an hour and 15 minutes with us, but um, my pleasure. You guys make it easy. Yeah. Thanks.